0: And welcome to El Fumar Takes. This is our 208th take, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplicy, as always. And I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. Everyone's bellies are full. We've already gotten excited for tonight's show. We are here. We are hunkered down. We are going to have a great show with one of our returning guests, one of our OGs from back in the day gracing us with his presence, and I'm so honored to have him back. It's going to be a fantastic show catching up with him. But before we get to introductions, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. That, of course, is our sponsors, and tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate's at it again, everybody. May 12th, coming up in 12 days, the Freestyle Live Special Edition broadcast will feature... The newest premium cigar that the company has given out to consumers to try in these freestyle live packs. Unbanded, of course, so you can sample them. You might be able to find some still a few in the wild. Maybe have to bribe some of your friends, but they were re- retailing for $39.99. If you can still catch them at some Drew Diplomat retailers, most likely they're probably all sold out. But check out the event because you don't want to miss out what the new premium cigar from Drew Estate's going to be. Plus, a lot of cool swag is always a lot of cool prizes. You thought the Bitcoin was you? was he was, was huge of course they can't stop there they're can be away a brand new yeah that's it a brand new 2022 jeep wrangler sport valued at 30. Three thousand dollars I don't know how much a Bitcoin is worth, but I know how much $33,000 is, and I know how cool a Jeep Wrangler Sport is. So you definitely want to tune in and uh, and take a shot at winning that fantastic Jeep. It's going to be a fantastic event. That's mark the calendar. Mark calendars May 12th, a freestyle live event, special edition broadcast live on Drew Estate's Facebook page. You don't want to miss it. And welcome, everyone. This is our 208th take, and I'm pleased, I'm proud, and I'm privileged to so welcome back. Our guest tonight, sponsored by United Cigars. Smoke one today and start living United. Mr. Mo Molly of Patina Cigars. Mo, how are we doing tonight? What's up, man?
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, I am so excited to have you back. I, it's been it's been a long time, man. We're we're talking over like mm. over 160 takes, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's been yeah. it's been crazy. So.
1: Yeah, man. Well, you you've done a great job of uh, of building your. Uh, your presence and, uh, I mean, man, just looking at some of your guest lists, uh, it's an honor to be here. So uh, to be able to come back and, uh, you know, unfortunately, we only see each other really at the shows and we never have enough time to, to sit down and, and talk and, and all of that. So it's good, man. I'm excited. I, I was
0: thinking about that, too. Like, yeah, we've only really seen each other at the trade show. That was that one time you stumbled into Michael's um, uh, mm-hmm and and just kind of that's where we met for the first time and everything but um yeah, yeah. but uh but hopefully we can actually connect outside the, the the trade show with you coming to texas here in a few weeks so that'll mm-hmm. be nice yeah man for sure so um so i'm i'm really i'm really excited to welcome you back though i mean lots to catch up on a lot to catch up mm-hmm. uh, you know everyone on about patina uh, cigars and everything this is uh this has been a fantastic uh, last i would say probably last you know, about a year 18 months for you or so some really exciting stuff which we'll get into um, but we do have to we do have to get started I, I've had I've had a crazy of crazy weekend um, and uh, I need a cigar and I need to smoke with a good friend here so I'm glad you're here and I'm glad I got some of your cigars <laughs> you were so, so kind to send me some stuff here um, yeah. but and, and so as it has become a tradition here, uh, on LOS from our takes, my guest, uh, ha- uh, I give my guest the opportunity to to pick my cigar. So I've got uh, I've got a couple of the Connecticut uh, opportunities. I've got the Artifact and the Oxidation. I've got the Habano in the Copper and the Oxidation. And uh, two Maduros in one of the newest Vitolas that you offer, the Precipitation. So mm-hmm. um, what would you like me to
1: smoke tonight, Mo? Habano Oxidation. Right. Snap decision right. for me. I'm smoking the Habano bronze, uh, funny enough. The Habano probably gets the least amount of talk or publicity, but is the cigar that I smoke the most of, um, <laughs> isn't that in funny? my opinion? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, in my opinion, criminally underappreciated. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man. So based on what you told me you ate today, uh and all of that and what you're drinking as well i figured that probably
0: be. sounds good man I'm, I'm super excited um so this is i i, I mean if we're talking about uh, traditional Vitola conversations with mm-hmm. those out there uh who are unfamiliar oxidation is your is your toro right this this double, looks toro. double toro so yep. th- what's the is this a 53 no 53 52 54 Fifty-six. Fifty-six? God, it looks small for fifty six. That's crazy. Okay, and uh, unless you got a br- you got an oxidation, okay, yep. This is yeah. This is the oxidation, and then uh, mm-hmm. and then what's the and this is a what six and a quarter maybe? Six, six straight up six. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, I figured I was going to hedge my bet a little bit since I clearly undershot the gaze. But uh, I mean, it's a gorgeous looking cigar, the Habano you said. Um, mm-hmm.
1: This is it, my it's first. It's not. Uh, it's not a nerd size. And I think, uh, you know, so for guys like us, you know, that are kind of like cigar nerds, it's not the size that we would necessarily gravitate towards, but all of the patina blends, man, just sing in that batola, uh, across the board.
0: Well, and that's good. I mean, that's good for, I mean, I mean, in nerdy conversations, like you said, that may not be a a huge win over but you know right when you're but but let's let's I mean as I mean you are you are in this business to to, to make money you want to make a living mm-hmm. and, and if you're gonna if yeah. you're gonna have a killer cigar and a Vitola it's gonna be the Toro man so yeah so it's
1: uh yeah the Sumatra though will not have a double tour that won't have a six by fifty six
0: so, yeah, that was actually what I was going to ask you about was that, you know, obviously mm-hmm. the trade show is going to come up and everything. We can we can cover that later, but uh, since you already talked about it um, mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, so there there is going to be a new offering from Patina Cigars?
1: Yes, sir. Yep. Right, so yep. Sum- put- Sumatra. Yes. Ecuador.
0: Ecuadorian Asciro.
1: Sumatra. Asc- mm-hmm. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. So it's
1: going to have a little... Uh, I'm excited, man. It's uh this cigar is awesome. (laughs) I'm like craving it and I have like a few samples left, uh, but I won't smoke them because I don't I want to be able to obviously keep them and just see over time how it as a benchmark, right? To see how it ages. Um but yeah, I'm really excited about it. I know maybe like my like I'm not like jumping, literally jumping up and down, but inside. There's like, like my heart's beating fast and like I'm getting excited.
0: Well, that's great. I mean, the, the, the you, you should be. I mean, this is, this is your baby. Yeah. I mean, this is your thing. And, uh, I mean, you sure it's, I mean, 2022, your fifth year, which mm-hmm. we'll get into and everything. I, we're jumping, we're, we're jumping the gun here. I want, I want there. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, but, right. the, but so I, I want to do, I do want to get into this. So, you know, we got to, we got to formalize a little bit. Let's tee up the major point for tonight, which is, of course, as always brought to you by, uh, Protocol Cigars. Um major point is brought to you by by people, of course, because uh cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service, that's the guys from Protocol Cigars. They're more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe they are. But behind the fun and the motivation (laughs) is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Bass Reeves, of course, protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes. The people—it's what their life's work has been and always will be about. So, power of the P protocol cigars. So, so I mean, really, really wanted did, to. We, did Juan write that? No, did I you did. Write that? I, I, I actually wrote it. So that's pretty impressive. That's really
1: good. And, and Kevin, that's Kevin really approved
0: good. it. So I, I got. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. He he sent it to Juan. He said so. I, I think yeah, Juan yeah. approved, obviously. But okay, uh, so he gave it a
1: blessing and everything. He it, yeah, right. he gave it the thumbs up. So um, that's a, but, that's a hell of a literary piece right there.
0: Well, thank you thank you i i, I try yeah. um and uh i wanted to i wanted to uh, like i wanted to give them i wanted to showcase like their personality like like they're they are a lot of fun on the outside and they yeah, like they absolutely. have absolutely but they 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 do take they do take what they take seriously very seriously then they take their cigar
1: seriously they take it seriously um, we we had one we had one on sultan's to smoke uh about a year and a half maybe well now probably two years well before covid so god time flies but yeah, man, we we've always supported protocol, and, and so he's a good dude, man. So and so does Kevin. Kevin's a great guy. Yeah, they're
0: they're 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 really fantastic people. Um, mm-hmm. I I had the um I've had I've had Juan on a couple of times, and I've had the opportunity to interview Kevin uh, individually. So like, it's something I have really enjoyed just getting to know them nice. a little bit. And the last interview with Juan was very was. You know, a lot of people don't see that side of him. Um, mm-hmm. we, we talked a little bit about we talked a little bit about 9-11 and right. you know, he was where he was that day. And and um, and it was it, it was it was moving. And I mean, it was very it was a very moving few, mo- you know, moment with him. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't get don't get to see that, um, that behind this, you know, this very, you know, outgoing loud larger than life personality is is right. some some real life experience i mean no mm-hmm. no other way to put it so i mean it's uh mm-hmm. it was a it was a, it was a very very moving moving uh show i i thought it was really good and i really enjoyed talking to him yeah for sure but, but uh i'm uh got a few puffs into this uh to the sabano oxidation so Um, so this is, I mean, 2022 marks your fifth year in the industry. This is your five-year anniversary,
1: man. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So it was supposed to be a cigar to commemorate it, but it doesn't look like I'm going to get it out in time. So it's going to be like a year six, fifth year anniversary, uh, which, you know, which is fine. So has to be perfect.
0: Pull the Matt Booth, you know, do like the 11th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Inadvertently, uh. But man, listen, when you, like, Patina's obviously never done a limited edition before. It's going to be the first one. Um, so it's got to be, you know, it's just got to be perfect. or it's, I mean, as close to perfect as could be. So.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that I was kind of re- remarking on when, when I was, you know, uh, preparing for tonight's show and everything was, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, f- first of all, I've, I've, I forgot how young you are. Um, and I, I mean, I oh, don't think you see that's gray. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got it too. Yeah, I mean, we sure. we I mean, we're around the same age, but at just, like, mm-hmm. you know, I still, I still look at like some of these people and you know that are in the industry, and I'm just like, man, like, like I still feel. I mean, I'm pushing forty now. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be thirty nine this year, and and I still feel like such a kid. Some of these other folks and stuff. And so like when I talk to them and they're talking, we're talking decades of experience and I'm, you know, right. But what you've accomplished in such a short amount of time, you know, has been, has been really fantastic, but I think it's the approach that's almost like more impressive to me personally and Mm -hmm. to a lot of folks too, because I think there are about, I don't know, half a dozen ways that you could have probably taken your brands and everything but um, you just said it a minute ago. You've you've focused on core lines, mm-hmm. which is not the hippest thing to do.
1: No, but, definitely not.
0: Um, you've <laughs> basically done this by yourself. You know, you've you've yep. enlisted brokers and stuff from time to time,
1: but yes, brokers.
0: Um, but it's been a it's been a very very much a a, a your this is your vision. This is your this is your journey, and it's. Right. It's had some, like I'm saying, like we'll we'll get into it in a few minutes. I mean, it's had some yeah. some bumps oh, and yeah. along the
1: way. So um, yeah, man, for sure. Factory change, distribu- distribution change. A uh, lot of you know, just nothing ever stops. Nothing's ever perfect. Um, but I mean, I don't know if you wanted me to start getting into that. I can uh, well, whenever. I did want to take it back
0: a couple of things because this is something we didn't cover yeah. last time we were on the show. I I found this, I found this out the other day and I, and it was just, I know this is like probably boring to most people, but I thought it was so interesting. You were in the grain industry before this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, education wise, I'm a CPA. So out of school I was a forensic accountant. So I used to do, I mean, I started everything from divorce litigation to patent disputes, uh, to um, closing banks with the FDIC in 20- 2009 and twenty ten. Remember oh, during wow. the global financial crisis, that was a very interesting experience and a very unfortunate one. Um, and then, yeah, man, I started uh, trading physical grain uh, for a grain company, and then here we are in cigars. So, yeah. Okay. So, how did you
0: go? Okay, so there's, there's, this is three. <laughs> this is three really crazy jumps. Okay, so you went from. Mm-hmm what I imagine was a very high stress job, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, as a forensic accountant and everything. And then you go into the grain. Of, how did, how did that happen? Like what, what's the, what's the Reader's uh, Digest version there? Like what, what happened? Yeah, just,
1: I, I went to the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, worked uh, in their like uh, regulation department, which opened the door uh, to the agricultural markets was what I was like what I was working on. And then I found out about like the physical grain trade versus like the futures market. And it just interested in me. Cause like, so you had mentioned, earlier you had mentioned Bitcoin earlier. Um, for me, it was always about wanting to have something tangible. And so for a lot of people, this looks like this crazy journey of like, how did you get to, and it is, I mean, if you think about it, it's ridiculous. But in reality, it always, there was always a purpose because I always believed that if you had something tangible that you were providing or selling or making, um, that you were uh, going to be in a better position overall, regardless of uh, economic turns and cycles, right? Sure. Because um, like, if you're, let's say you're in the food business, right? People always got to eat. Uh, if you're financially asset heavy those are so susceptible to market moves like uh, I mean you, you could see that in the stock market people's portfolios you know um, so to me having a tangible good that people could consume was always a goal or something like that that was tangible that you could provide to people you uh, now, cigars happens to be a luxury item. I didn't, um, but cigars are also highly. <laughs> I'm not going to say immune to economic cycles, but they handle economic cycles better than a lot of other luxury type goods. Well, clearly,
0: I mean, the last two years of a you know international pandemic, and and it's yeah. you know, the industry is. You know, in a lot of ways, thriving. Um, mm-hmm. So, we'll we'll get into that here in a little bit too. But so, okay, so you go to the grain industry. You 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 move to Oklahoma because you're a Chicago right. kid. Now, right. y- were you born and raised in Chicago? Yeah, Chicago right. city and suburbs. Yep. Okay, so you moved to Oklahoma, which I'm sure mm-hmm. was a, a, a nothing against my 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 neighbors to the north, but. From Chicago, oh, no, I'm mean, sure you,
1: you you guys in Texas always make fun of those guys. What do you guys call it? Texas Junior or like Texas Light? Or something I've never, like that?
0: I've, I've honestly said, like I'm not even just saying this for the for the for the sake of like you know any audience that I have there. I've I've never had a problem with Oklahoma. Like I don't. Yeah. I I mean, honest. I mean, I've spent more time in Kansas than I've spent in Oklahoma because my wife went yeah. there for college. But like, um, so I, I really haven't yeah i just i never got into that and I, I never because i was never a ut guy so i was never like oh OU you sucks you know oh, like, yeah oh you suck. So, yeah like yeah um i i mean i did i did make a i did make a handsome amount of money when tcu my my college beat uh oklahoma mm-hmm. back in the day when they had adrian peterson that's how that's how old i am uh that's we the same age. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he's my contemporary in college. So that's and that guy's like he's still chugging along and they call him an old man in the league now. I'm like, right. oh God. I'm like well, yeah. that that's nice. Um but um that being said I think uh i just I've you know I've just never never really had anything but like for you for you I mean that had to be uh oh, it had it to be a yeah that had to be like a a little bit of a crazy journey. So where did you move those at? Like,
1: did you move to like Tulsa. a
0: metro? Oh, Tulsa. Okay. Yeah, Tulsa. Yeah, I lived in Tulsa.
1: Yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah, the the port where I was at was right outside of Tulsa. Um, you know, so we used to load barges and, and the majority of our grain would go to the river. So meaning for export. So we would sell to exporters, various grain companies. Um, dude, I'm surprised more farmers don't smoke cigars because like, if I was like on a combine or a tractor all day, like, man, I would absolutely have the cigar, but most of them just dip. So there's that. But um, yeah, man. I, yeah. It's wild how life, you know, so moving to Tulsa is how I met my buddy drew, which led to the sultans of smoke, which led right. to doing the cigar with James Brown, which ultimately led to Patina. So yeah. everything happens for a reason. Man. Yeah.
0: And you, so that was, that was an interesting project. So, you know, you, you kind of are, you're kind of like reading my mind here, which is really great. Um, that was an interesting <laughs> person. I don't, know how, I don't
1: know if that's great for me. Well, the, I mean, yet, to be to have the same mind as you, you're a pretty messed up individual. Well, I'm,
0: but I'm mean, going to, but I have my moment, but I have my moments of like pure genius too. So you have to wait, <laughs> you have to wait for those. To right. For <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: pick so, picked your spot. Yeah. Right. But the uh, that's so that's a great project. So you like you start the Sultans of Smoke, which is basically just it was a way to keep within your touch as you were moving around from place to place.
1: Right, it, man, with my buddy, yes.
0: And uh, and then you're like, well, let's do a cigar, and then you catch you catch James Brown, who arguably right now is probably one of the I I, I would say top three like boutique manufacturers, like just like mm. he's on he's just hot right now Mm -hmm. Um, he has
1: been for some time i mean no for sure i joked around with him at pca in 2018 i think i said hey man you're welcome ever since you did sultan's of smoke things have really taken off for you he just looked at me like i was the stupidest mother yeah (laughs) it's like yeah okay it was that but no i mean he's chuckled or whatever but for sure we caught him man right before the the big uh the you know the ascension I smoked that
0: cigar too and that was that was really good. Um <laughs> it was re- it was good. I really enjoyed it, man. Ben Ben Holt yeah. uh before he, uh before he became Ovehanegra Ben and before he became President yeah. Ben and everything like mm-hmm. when he was just kind of just starting off with them when they were like Boutiques Unified or whatever.
1: He gave oh me God, that c- yeah, he gave me that
0: cigar and
1: Bro, it was wild, man. We couldn't, we couldn't sell. I mean, we, we were able to sell it a little bit, but when Black Label took off, that cigar kind of became like a cult cigar, like for Black Label people, like people that really like Black Label. And if you could get like a Sultan's, then it was like a, a big deal, um, or so I've been told. I guess I'm not, I'm not even on Facebook or any groups or anything like that. But that's kind of like uh, what I was told. But, um. Yeah, Black Label has cultivated or has done a really nice job of cultivating like, uh, what do you want to call it? Like a a pretty, like Romacraft. Like, uh, yeah. you know, you were saying like Tatawahe. I've done really great jobs of, of these like, kind of like, uh, I don't know what you want to, I don't like to use the word cult, um, but a grassroots following yeah, that, that's, that yeah, that's supports a great word. their brand. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, yeah, man, it's pretty cool. So to be a part of that, and especially before uh, he kind of became what they are now uh, is, is pretty cool.
0: No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like you said, what a, what a great catch uh, at that time. Mm-hmm. It, was just, it was just perfect. So um, so, you, so you launched the brand. You decide, you, you, you know, you're one of these, I mean, looking back. You knew it was gonna be a challenge. I've heard I've heard you say, and I remember last time we talked on the show, you talked about how it was a crazy thing. I mean, okay, so now five years has passed now. I mean Mm -hmm. and it's been a crazy journey for sure. But I mean I mean, was it as insane as it is it is as insane today as it was back then when you
1: were starting like Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of sacrifice, man. See, and I talked a little bit about this on on another platform too, but I think sometimes our industry could do a little bit of an injustice in what we portray to the outside world about our industry, if, I, if that's kind of how I want to put it. Um, and it, maybe it's not even people within our industry, per se, but people that associate with the industry. You can call it however you want to say it. Um, but it is not all parties and fun and games. Uh, The business aspect of this is not talked about enough, I feel like, Um, especially for smaller brands like the Tina or some of these other boutique brands, there is a genuine uh, struggle in trying to gain footing and trying to, in the things that you sacrifice in your personal life, things that you sacrifice uh, professionally, uh, where you could be on that level versus where you are in this. I mean, there's a lot of these things that kind of go into it. But I will say this, it was all worth it. So as much as sometimes it's difficult and you, you wonder like, man, was this the right thing? Because I think you always go through that. Um, I think ultimately the strategy that I have in place is going to lead to a sustained level of success versus flash in the pan. I've never seen anything. Um, have staying power that happened overnight. I mean, dude, you and I are the same age. Even the Bulls, before they started winning all those championships, they had to get through the Pistons and it right. took them forever. Yeah. Okay, first was that you know, the Pistons had to get through the Celtics. You know, um, and it's like this, there's this like rite of passage almost, whether you want to recognize it or not. Like I'd be worried about the brand if it was an overnight success. But I am learning all of the toughest lessons on the smallest level possible. So as you grow, you've already experienced in how to deal with some of the issues that you may have. So as you get bigger, those issues are not as big had you never experienced them on that smaller level.
0: Well, it, it's, it's funny, you know, you and I were talking about this before the show, where, like what I do for a living. And I, I was talking about how I sell software and mm-hmm. I sell software to business owners.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: and it's it's a specific niche of a business. It's the service industry. So like right. your lawn cares, your landscapers, your cleaning mm-hmm. companies, things like that. And and for a lot of these business owners, it was an overnight success. They, they, they experienced this rapid growth and scale that they just didn't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. and, you know, you start with, you start with them, you know, you start with the mower, you start with an aerator and then you're starting knock, you're literally old school knocking on doors. And then before, mm-hmm. you, before long, you're at a hundred customers and you're at a thousand and you're like, what the heck do I do with my, like, yeah. I,
1: mm-hmm. I I
0: don't know how to keep, I don't know how to control this, but yep. so, you, so you, and this is what I was talking about earlier. You, 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 you went a route that again, is not the hippest route, right?
1: You, you,
0: you really dove into
1: your core lines Mm-hmm. And And, and there, you, can ne- you can never be uncool if you were never cool to begin with. <laughs> okay? Right? Fair enough. I mean, that, that's the reality of it, man. Like yeah, I, I don't strive for cool. I strive for longevity. Uh, can, your, can your brand, as it's presented, stand the test of time through various trends, through various whatever? That's what you're trying to do. Because trends are gonna come and go man and the reality is when you're a small brand you have to pick and choose right and if it, unless you have the means to chase every brand or every trend you gotta you gotta really solidify uh the long term man so it's it's like being an investor versus being a trader right mm-hmm. neither one is wrong neither one is neither approach is wrong it's just what works for you? If you're a trader, you're looking for quick hits, right? If you're an investor, you're going to play the, you know, the swings in the market. You're going to pick your spots. You're going to whatever. And that's kind of just the difference. So that's, I'm taking more of an investment approach.
0: So you, this is, the, this is very much. Damn, I'm boring you, I know. No, 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 yeah. You're not. no, this is very much like, yeah. so, no, it was actually going to be one of my questions. Like, and, and, mm-hmm. and I think, and I, I'm going to apologize because I think it's a I think it's a little unfair to put you on the spot with that because because uh, uh, because I think that there are some people that view the cigar industry as a short-term success or a notch in their belt or a stepping stone to something else, and that's mm-hmm. like you said that's there's nothing wrong with that. There's
1: nothing there's a, wrong with
0: it, but everyone has their own path to success and then, but there's, there's other people that, you know, have been doing this for generations. So obviously it's a long term yes. plan and there's other people that have approached yeah. it like you. So it's a little bit of an unfair question cause it puts you on the spot, but I think you already answered it. I mean, this is very much, I mean, your goal is to be here 24 years from now, 30 years from now.
1: I mean, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, unless the FDA or, or the, the consumer says, we no longer want your stuff um, or the FDA says you can no longer make your stuff. Uh, yeah, because there you know, when when I left Mombacho, that was a very scary time. Okay, we had to figure out what was going to happen. So I took that opportunity, man, to build and try to build a team and an infrastructure for growth. Meaning, I linked up with Noxa, which is a factory that could handle much more production than I'm currently doing, so I can grow into it. Um, You know, you're talking about tobacco availability, they have that. Um, They grow their own tobacco, so that was a big thing. And then teaming with Sutliff, having a 150-year-old name that people recognize distributing your cigars, these guys could distribute currently much more than what I'm currently doing. So now you have this thing in place that you can grow into Versus um, having to worry about where you're going to go next if you reach X level, right? Sure. So, So, yeah, that was a big. That was big. So yeah, I mean, so since we
0: talked last, there obviously Mm -hmm. these these those are two of the biggest hurdles that you talk that you kind of have gone through. Because the last time we saw each other was actually 2019. You weren't part of the Bacha booth. You were kind of. I I think I saw you in. I think I saw you with a keel Yeah, with. Yeah. and um, and then not sh- not long after that, you in I think it was November, you formally announced the factory change. Mm-hmm. But okay, so we we talked last time about why Mombacho because it, it allowed mm-hmm. you to it allowed you to do something in a unique space in a unique mm-hmm. way mm-hmm.
1: where you had a lot of control. Yeah, man. And Claudio, you know, I don't ever want to take anything away from Claudio. I mean, Claudio's doing projects for, with other people right now. He's continuing. You know, Claudio has a very unique way of blending cigars that I think people can, you know, gravitate towards and things like that. So to work with him was was pretty cool too, man. You know, oh, that was a big a big draw of it as well. Yeah, um,
0: the, the Davidoff legacy, uh, of course. So, like, you know, yeah, you know, So, I mean, the the guy knew his way around to well, knows his yeah. way around, right, around yeah. tobacco, so. For sure. Had the opportunity to interview him on this show too. So but but when you part ways with Mombacho, I mean you I mean you in theory, right? The world is your oyster. You could have you could have picked anything. I mean, there's obviously limitations involved in certain things. Yeah, there's always gonna be, yeah. But so Noxa, which is his garnered some pretty hefty critical acclaim. I mean, we're talking about some of the some really outstanding folks coming using noxa to produce cigars i mean namely you know steve sock is probably the big one that people know right off the bat Mm -hmm. um was there ever a fear so you, you talked about why you pick them because it's something you can grow into because they're so much larger than than your previous stop but was there ever a fear that going into a situation like that 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 you you obviously aren't
1: priority Right. Cause you have your size. Oh man. Or, of of or- course. Yeah. Sorry. There's always that concern, but here's the thing, man. And I wish there's a lot of these guys behind the scenes that, that don't make it out into like the general public, let's say, right. Um, for c- the general cigar consumer to know, but anybody in this industry, uh, that knows Gus Kura, for example, who's the head of ProSanixa, which is the tobacco arm of Knox of and Oliva, um, and knows Raul Disla and knows these guys. Um, they're, they're very well respected and, and for good reason because they do things the right way. And you could look at being a small fish in a bigger pond in one of two ways. You could look at it like I could be forgotten, or you could also look at it, and this is this worked to my advantage during the pandemic. I was always able to have cigars on hand because my production was very simple for them. Right. So like I can, I could put in an order, get my stuff, and I was able to keep a good run of, of product. Um, and and this is something I always mention too. Is every factory, you have to understand what their strengths are in terms of like what tobaccos they have, what um, is readily available. You know, I want to be able to use the best materials that my factory has access to on a consistent basis. Right. That also helps in product consistency and availability, which are two very key components. So whether I was a small fish in a big pond and I could be forgotten or whatever, yes, that is absolutely a concern. But I but the flip side of that was I knew that as long as we worked with the the materials that were readily available, that I would always be able to get product. And that is the most important thing ultimately. So please don't I I really, I really hope
0: you don't take this next question disrespectfully, because I don't mean anything disrespectful for it. But like when, when the pandemic started, and it really started to catch steam. Mm-hmm. Like we knew that, like we saw the writing on the wall. Like this, this isn't mm-hmm. two weeks. This isn't two weeks to flatten the curve anymore, right? This is.
1: Yeah, years. it was. Yeah. Like there, the, the,
0: the, there was growing concern about you know retailers losing their business, brands going under, and like I honestly thought one of the one of the ones I thought about was you sincerely because mm-hmm. I was like I really hope mm-hmm. nothing happens to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was like, because I really have, I've always, again, I've always really liked your vision. I like the way that you went about things, but you were, again, you've always been just, you've always been so small at this, to this point. And again, as we learned mm-hmm. intentionally, but it sounded like you said, it worked to your advantage, even during the uncertain part of COVID. We, later we found out like people were smoking cigars, like, like, mm-hmm. in droves. Yeah. So it, it's helped everybody, but um, for the most part, but most part. But it, it 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 you really bring out an interesting point that being this being this smaller scale that you are currently it it really it really worked out because you
1: could have it. So- it. It did also because my expenses are not like bigger outfits, right? So like everybody talks about how many cigars you sell, but your expense control is written. This goes for retailers too. Controlling your expenses is. And and knowing how to buy and and all of that is just as important as selling cigars, right? So, yes, you know, my sales weren't going to be like some of these other outfits, but my expenses weren't either. And um, so that's what helped too, man. It wasn't like I had a huge of like these employees. It wasn't like I was having to pay for, you know, medical insurance on tens of employees or, you know. Whatever the case may be, so that that helped as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it, no it was,
0: overhead, was, no expenses, right. right? No travel,
1: right? So no, we weren't traveling. Um, so you know, um, so we, you know, I. That's how the Sumatra is coming out. I mean, the money I saved from travel in twenty twenty one. I mean that that went towards making the Sumatra, right? And uh, just it, it's just it was an opportunity to reallocate your resources more than anything Mm -hmm. Uh, but yes the first few months for for at least brands like in my position were brutal because people just wanted to make sure that they had on their shelves what was moving quickly right so your bigger uh your bigger brands were were given priority and from a retail perspective rightfully so I, i think that was the right thing for them to do
0: yeah it was um you know we heard a lot from retailers during that time you know that because people weren't even allowed to go in shops and so there was this curbside service and so people were yeah you know the the the, the, the customer that would go in and, and and pick up a patina traditionally was like oh this sounds really good or or it has a tobacconist telling them to buy it because they like eggs. correct and yep. curbside service is like oh just just give me the fuente just give me the cohiba yes. because 100%, right, yeah because it's right yeah it was it, it, I'm sure it was a, a really frighten, fright, frightful time, or at least nerve-wracking to a certain extent. So you talked about the materials, though. So this was another interesting thing that wanted to ask. So, like, okay, so I mean, let's. I mean, agriculturally speaking, like tobacco is different from year to year. You try to get as close as possible, yeah. and everything like that. But there's vintages and all this other stuff. So get that sentiment out of the way. Mm-hmm. Now you've transferred now you've completely changed factories. So I mean we're talking about Mm -hmm. different fermentation styles, different rollers and rolling styles. Mm -hmm. Now you Mm -hmm. own the
1: blend, it's yours, your recipe. Sure. I mean, listen, how do I say this without being anybody that has access to your blend can technically take it if they want okay you know so yes it is that's not to say that somebody else can't try to copy it or whatever um so uh you hmm. you know i'm not going to get into that but what i am going to say is uh there, there are definitely some stuff that smokes eerily similar not to my stuff but in other things uh but I did tweak the blends a little bit when we went to Noxa, and that was, again, playing on the strength of Noxa and what they okay. had available to them. And, mm-hmm. and and that was actually the road that I was going down,
0: so I mean, not, not yeah. to touch that that uh, that bag of cats, but yeah, the, yeah. Uh, You know, you, you, you... So you did tweak the blends and everything, mm-hmm. but I mean, there were... I mean, I know some people that have been a fans of yours from day one, myself included, mm-hmm. Thank that... You. Um, that really enjoyed the blends before. And I definitely, I mean, I definitely noticed a difference, but I, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to get into like, Oh, that one was better. that, that That's just, I, I don't think that's fruitful, but I, I really, I really enjoyed both. And I, I still do. Right, and, and yes. I think, I think you're, it's about, it was about as ease of a transition as I've seen from companies and people who have trained transferred manufacturing of cigars, like
1: what, what helped though was that we were already getting tobacco from Nixa anyway. Okay, <laughs> you know okay, what so I mean. So the tobacco is like, you know, it was a lot of the same tobacco that was already in the blend anyway. Okay, uh, you know, not a hundred percent, but um, you know, uh, you know, the Nicaraguan stuff and uh, the Habano at least was was Prosanixa. To begin with, uh, the Connecticut, Claudio used to get it from both, Prosimix and ASB, depending, but um, now it's ox- obviously Prosimix, which is again Oliva. Um, so, not to be confused with Oliva Cigar Company. Right, it's Oliva Tobacco, correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I'll so tell you what, this, this, this uh, Habano is really hitting its stride here about, about the midway point of the cigar. Um, mm-hmm. The spice is really picking up on the retro. It, the flavor's becoming really deeper. You're getting really nice baking spices. Um, I'm really, really, I'm really enjoying this. Um, this Thank is you. actually my first, not Habano, but this is my first Habano in the oxidation of Vitola, so. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's funny, like, again, not, so like the Maduro, for example, right? That blend is the original size of that blend is the double Toro. Is the oxidation that is the truest representation of that blend for that cigar? Whereas it's not in the Habano and the Connecticut. But when people ask me what if I want to try the Maduro, what should I smoke? That's the size that I tell them because that is the original size of that blend, and I think that surprises a lot of people. Um, but the thinking behind it was. Okay, so now I got to backtrack a little bit, right? So there is a dis- like, There's a disconnect between social media cigars and brick and mortar on the ground cigars, right? And a lot of times, what you see on social media is not indicative of what actually moves in stores. Um, so when you were looking at it from that perspective, I was like, man, I need a bigger, bigger ring gauge Maduro. Right, Like I'm completely missing that segment. I would do tastings, I would do uh events or whatever. Oh, I only smoke maduros, oh, do you have a maduro? Well, what do you okay, yeah, I normally smoke you know x, y, z. so for me that was that was where I thought I had to start in coming up with that cigar.
0: So fair enough, so you mentioned earlier about how not being not being susceptible to trends. And I'm not trying to trap you here, Mo, but I mean, there are obviously, as a business owner and everything, there are trends you have to pay
1: attention to. You have to be cognizant of trends and right. pick and choose which ones you believe are here to stay. Okay. Some right. trends stay. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So.
0: Six by 60, yeah. for example.
1: Yeah. I mean, some trends stick around. So you have to like look, at, look around and, and be like, okay. I think this trend has staying power. I think this trend's a fad. I think this trend might stick around. And you could be wrong. And that's okay. But you got to pick and choose. You can't follow every single thing. You're going to be right. You're going to be wrong. And you just kind of got to be adaptable, man. And just like move where the market takes you. Right now, the consumer is saying, I am rewarding guys that come out with limited edition stuff and they have been since the beginning of COVID. Okay. That has been something. So when you're looking at it, like, do I want to do, you got to really start thinking to yourself, like, what are consumers rewarding? Right. And that's a big part of it too.
0: And, but, uh, but to that point too, like they're, they're, like you said, you have to be cognizant of certain trends and you're, it's funny because, Long before you even d- decided to create patina, mm-hmm. there there is a trend that has now become the staple of the industry. Where and that's Nicaragua manufacturing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. people people thought. I mean, this is crazy to think about now. And, and 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 certainly there's some of his contemporaries that were in the same boat. But I go back to like Nick Perdomo. Like people mm-hmm. thought he was crazy. People thought him and his dad were nuts for. Mm-hmm building in Esteli and, it, and at the time that he built this infrastructure in Esteli and, and now that Esteli has you know, along with all these other great manufacturers and everything have, and have built up Esteli into this, you know, really great community. I mean, there's car dealerships, there's multiple hotels mm-hmm. now. I mean,
1: it's a small yeah, yeah. town,
0: but mm-hmm. yet it's, it, it, it's predicated on the cigar industry and, and, you know, Mm-hmm. Nick and, and his father and, and some of his contemporaries are instrumental in that. And that was considered a fad. That was
1: considered right. a fad. And- Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. I mean, bro, look at uh, like uh, Peruvian tobacco, for example. You're starting to see that pop up in a lot more stuff. There weren't a ton of guys doing that uh Before and I man, listen when you use Peruvian the right way uh it's fantastic it's a nice you know sweetness to a cigar and um that but uh floral aromatic yeah it's yeah, it's, it's, it's I like nice, it man. but you know there are some things like that just you're right, bro like you, you gotta you know there's staying power, but when you start seeing placencias, you start seeing you know don pepin um. These guys are patrol These are heavy hitters. That you know, you knew something big was going on, uh, mm-hmm. and there still is. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's fascinating, but yes, you're right.
0: Well, and I mean, think about, I mean, when you and I first started smoking, because mm-hmm. we are around the same age and stuff. I mean, and this is why it, it's a it's a bias that still has stayed with me. Although I've I've since had some enjoyable ones but like i i typically steer away from a torpedo because Mm. it was it was such the thing when i first started smoking in my early you know late Mm -hmm. teens early 20s it was you know everyone had a torpedo and and i mean there's no other way to say it man they just not all of them were good some of them were just Mm -hmm. bad and they just yeah construction wise and and everything like that and smoking wise and everything like that. So I'm always very cautious when I'm approaching that vitola, um, in general. And, mm-hmm. and it's still, it's uh, the bias is still lingering inside of me, but that's a trend that's fallen off. Like, you know, t- scary to think about this 20 years ago. I mean, tor- torpedoes were all the rage and, and everything. And mm-hmm. then it, it's kind of, it's kind of fallen off, which is interesting
1: yeah state. man i mean you you're always there are certain vitolas that you just have these biases towards um they also uh right or wrong have a stigma around them or a uh or not even a stigma but like uh what's the what would be the flip side of the stigma like uh, oh if you smoke this then you really know cigars right like right yeah. dude smoke what you like you know and then for you know whatever it, X works for you, Y works for the next guy. You know, I mean, it's how it is. So it makes it so wonderful. No, I,
0: no, absolutely. I think, I mean, I, I gravitate like towards Robustos and Coronas. Those are typically my Mm -hmm. jammer. If, if I've smoked more Robustos over the, the last five years than any other size. Um, 100%,
1: man. Absolutely. Robusto is by far and away going to be your, bread and butter for the most part
0: because you can you can change pace a lot you can have, you can smoke more which is why mm-hmm. i probably do it um but there was a time you know especially when i first started smoking that i didn't smoke robustos mm-hmm. i wanted the churchill i wanted the toro mm-hmm. i wanted those longer cigars because i you know i mean let's face it, i was a broke college kid when i started smoking
1: so I yeah need man ain
0: bang for my buck man
1: yeah you, there's definitely the value proposition that absolutely goes into people's buying patterns and, and all of that um, the more you smoke man the more discerning you become too uh, I think that's part of it and you start to find your wheelhouse um, I'm a big believer that cigars are about profiles not so much specific um, specific like uh, tastes uh, mm-hmm. like what you might get from a cigar. I think like even working in retail, if you figured out what a guy's profile kind of was, you yes. could fit them in a bunch of different cigars. Oh, 100%. And they, they didn't even have to use the same tobacco, but you just knew, okay, that's the kind of profile you're looking for. It could be ABC. Right. And so, and um, if,
0: and if they didn't like that, Mm-hmm. You, you, because of the tobacco in it, you could be like, okay, I can still steer away from that. That's the major difference maker in this. Correct,
1: hundred percent. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. No, absolutely. One of my favorite things to do, and my miss about everyday everyday retail is that.
1: But yeah,
0: um, going into that uh, about profiles, like I remember, I remember you talking once. I'm not an interview with me, but it was somebody else, and another interview. I can't remember who you were talking to, but mm-hmm. it kind of stuck with me. And I think some people do this as say this kind of thing as lip service, but there was a mm-hmm. there was a very genuine sincerity to your remark when you said, "Look, I'm these are the cigars that I make, and there's there are people that like patina cigars, and there are going to be people that I that don't like it, and it's nothing mm-hmm. personal. It's just how everyone's palate is subjective, and everyone yeah. says that. But there was there was the way you said it, and there was some certain there was just this level of sincerity <laughs> to it." Uh, that I,
1: that just captivated me. I don't know what it was. Let let me explain to you why, because when I first started, I used to take it personal. And then I learned very quickly that if I'm going to take, listen, man, literally I can go online and I could have one guy say it was the greatest cigar he ever smoked. And the next guy will say, this is absolute crap. And you just have to live with it. And because you know, nobody really says it's absolute crap. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't like it. I like it. I don't like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. I I don't like it. Okay. And so you have to learn to live with these. If you're going to put yourself out there, you got to learn to live with that stuff. And you got to learn how to accept it, whether you agree with it or not, doesn't matter. The other thing about it, too, is that what I always call a patina palette, right? Like I knew that the cigars had to be different because if they were just like everything else, people could just go smoke anything else. It doesn't, they're not going to smoke some brand. They never heard of, right? They're going to go grab something that they know that they recognize. Even if the cigar was very similar to what they normally smoke. So you had to take that risk and you had to put yourself out there like, okay, my cigars are going to have an identifiable uh, component to them that people know they're smoking a patina. That's gonna work for some people. It's not gonna work for others. That was another risk. Um, so that's part of it too, man. And also, whether people maybe even think about this or don't think about this, but um, there are advantages to being out of a factory where people even subconsciously uh, recognize the like the fermentation of that factory, that the way the tobacco that comes out of that factory tastes on their palette. that's why you'll see like if you smoke a cigar out of aj fernandez for example oh thousand yeah there's a there's a certain you know like
0: signature i call it a signature yeah
1: Yeah. there's there's something no matter what the band says on it even from that just because the factory there's something recognizable Right. Over time, the more that people smoke cigars from a certain factory, their palate starts to recognize that there's a comfort in it. There is, So I didn't have that, right? It was like right. a completely foreign, like, not only were the cigars a little bit different, but this fir- this, this taste, this, this ferment, this whatever, the signature is unrecognizable to me. So you were battling a lot of that. Um, but uh, Okay. So you still gotta take that risk. You just have to, and I would do it all over again. Um, that's
0: that's a that's a brilliant point because like we talk about all the time, you know, and I've said this to him quite a bit, it's like you know, Hector Alfonso, uh, you know, uh, Espinoza and Lizona, like there there is a Lizona signature to their cigars protocol has and and, absolutely and, and for whatever it is, I mean I mean, nine times out of ten.
1: This is it, not it a hits, negative it, it thing, hit, by the way. No, it's not. You're it just, hits it we hits we my got, palate. Yeah. It's not yeah. a negative Agonorsa, no. same way.
0: You know, yeah. Agonorsa is one of those. It er, I mean, I, I would say, I mean, we can argue all day that pretty much everybody has it. And but it's those cigars, I think, that, you know, for the people who have spent some time in this industry that can recognize right. those signatures and and when they do something truly unique, there's something that, ca- they, that captures them. Like, oh, so we, we talked about AJ. So here's a great example, right? AJ teamed up with Hochi Blanco in what's probably one of, been one of the truest collaborations that I've seen in quite some time. And it was the San Latino mm-hmm. Dominicano. That cigar did not taste. It did not have the AJ signature. For that matter, it didn't have the Hochi signature. Mm-hmm. it was a completely unique tasting cigar that I mm. for, for my palate I dug it, 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 yeah, it, yeah. it's it, and and I don't like it because it's AJ and I don't like it because it's Hochi I like it for what it is sure and, and it's it, it. I wish there was more of that but I understand why there's not
1: <laughs> but Joe's kind of you know from a longevity standpoint though you do have to have you do have to create somewhat of that's a what signature. i was getting at that's what i was you know what at, i mean yeah. man and in mm-hmm. that um and i guess what i'm trying to say is i needed to try to make sure that my signature was different than other people's signatures <laughs> because you can't you can't be uh you can't stand out otherwise right so right and especially with the the, the business
0: plan that you've put in place this this very methodical and slow building scale that you've done, you have to stand out. You have to have to make sure all these I's are dotted and these T's are crossed.
1: Yeah. We can't uh, miss man. We that's a lot miss.
0: of, that's a lot of pressure.
1: Yeah. But that's just part of being a small brand in a highly competitive industry. And, um, uh, By and large, a consumer base that is always ready to move on to the next thing, which is not an indictment of anybody. That's just life. Uh, And there's so many options for people that they don't have to smoke stuff they don't like anymore. You know, and so when you come out with something, man, it better, it better find its niche. It has to. It has to. And that's not saying that everyone's going to like it. I'm just saying you got to find your niche. And even within finding those niches, your niche could vary by, by geography. My niche in Texas might be different than my niche in California, which might be different than my niche that I fill in New York or Philly. Um, But as long as you find your niches of where, where you, where you fit in uh, and just want to try to be a part of a rotation, that's really what you're going for.
0: So, there's been something that's kind of been bothering me, and I and I have to and. Wait, the, the Red all, Sox gonna play? Yeah, that too. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, same just, with the White Sox. that's just the That's just. No, I was. I'm in a baseball chat with some gar- media guys, and I was commenting actually before you joined the, the show tonight. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I was like, I, I. Why am I being punished, man? I I said they were gonna suck last year, and they caught everyone by surprise. I said they uh-huh. were gonna suck this year. I know I was right, but like, do they have to be like? Does it have to put me through this much suffering? Can I just,
1: can they just <laughs> be should bad? Find a way, though.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, do they have to lose by one run every fucking game? Mm-hmm. Like, can we just, mm-hmm. can we just mm-hmm. lose really badly all the time? It. it. Oh, God, it's brutal. It's, it, but no. Um, okay. So, oxidation, mm-hmm. copper, artifact, all yeah. in line with the patina name. This, you know, and, yeah. and we've talked about the name beforehand. So, where does precipitation fall into this? Because this is the, this is the,
1: I, I don't yeah. get it. I, and it's just. Yeah, gonna... Well, I mean, the elements are what caused the, the patina to happen. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I mean, that's kind of where that comes from. But look at man, if I can go back and do it, look, that was my attempt at trying to be cool or trying to be trendy or trying to be boutique or whatever, by naming the sizes and going, if I would go back and do it, I'm not sure if I would do it again, but ultimately it is what i did and now it's kind of too late to go back but, but yeah well, that's where precipitation comes from okay
0: well aside from the fact that i just didn't get it until now that, yeah, and that's yeah. that's on i think that's i think that's on me i don't think that's on you i and that's why I said like i wouldn't like that but what i think i'm going to i'm just going to disagree with you there because I think okay. I think I think the the naming of the Vitolas in the way that you did, yeah, it might you know, from someone who's like looking at like a catalog maybe, or someone mm-hmm. who's looking at an order sheet maybe right, right, might right. cause some confusion. but I, I think to the consumer, I think it cre- it creates this niche that you were talking about just a moment ago. So I, yeah. I don't. So I I I'll disagree with you there. I think it 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 sets you apart in a lot of different ways. It is unique. I don't. I'm. I, I tell you what it does, and and this is. I mean, this is super nerdy. But I have friends in this industry. that get really. They get really feisty when they. You corrected me at the stop of the show, and I said, "Oh, Toro." He said, "No, double Toro," because it's not mm-hmm. a Toro, right? It's not a six mm-hmm. by fifty. It's a it's a six yeah. by fifty four. So, it's you know, they get really feisty when you name cigars like Toro and it's not Robusto and it's not a five by 50. Right. So you, you can get around that by calling I it, call it well. <laughs> and you can, yeah. you can be creative yeah. and, 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 yeah. and still, and still be true to the identity of what patina sure. is yeah, and have fun with it. And here's the, Ooh. here's the bonus for everyone out there who wants to smoke patina cigars. These are, most paid so much attention to this stuff like this is like he's not putting out a vitola because it's the vitola he's putting out the vitola because it works with the blend yeah i've heard you say this so so it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter what size it is because it's named something else and so Mm -hmm. like the like there's a lot of flea there.
1: i mean i'll tell you how that cigar came to be was in 2019 Chicago had a polar vortex where it was absolutely freezing outside, like beyond, like stuff was brutal. And I was like, man, I'm buying like all these cigars of like these petite Robustos and stuff from, and I'm like, man, why don't, why doesn't Patina do one? And that's how that cigar came to be. <laughs> I, you know? I, so
0: I think it's, I think, it's a really lo- I think it's a really lost Vitola, simply because again, when we're talking about value proposition, right? It's uh-huh. it's it's really hard to see. But what I think it lends to, even blends to even brands who've been around for at least a while, even like yours self included, is it it gives them it gives your loyal fan base an opportunity to to always have the pati- uh, to have a patina in hand, right? Because like. Like, yeah. you know, not everyone has time for an oxidation. Not everyone has yeah. time for an artifact,
1: but it's like, yeah. man, it would
0: be really good if this was, there was a shorter cigar. Well, yeah.
1: boom. Yeah. There you go. 100%. Yeah, It's about functionality too, man. Even, even when I test blends, I do it in a functional manner. Like I don't sit in perfect conditions to try to figure out if I, I, I take it with me. I drive with it. I set it aside. I go back to it. I, um, because ultimately it's got to know what, not many people, uh, smoke under perfect conditions. Um, so you have to be able to emulate that through figuring out if a blend is going to withstand the way people are actually going to smoke it, (laughs) you know, versus, uh, you know, being in like a, uh, an incubator, if you will.
0: that might be the first time I've ever heard that mm-hmm. and I think that's that's a I think that's a huge reality that I think your per your unique perspective also lends to because you long before you became a a brand owner mm-hmm. you smoke cigars you still smoke cigars mm-hmm. you still we talked about like smoking other people's stuff like even
1: before always
0: so like mm-hmm. so and yeah like you said like we're I mean, a lot of times, like, I'll smoke, um, you know, after, you know, a day, I work from home now, but I mean, after a day at work, I'll pop out on the patio, and I'll I'll have a smoke garden. Mm -hmm. My kids will come home, I'll have to put it down, I'll have to come back to it. Like, it's, it's an, it's a quote, unquote, imperfect experience. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I, it's part of my routine, and I enjoy it. And you know wow yeah i'm having like a light bulb moment here because that's you're absolutely right i mean how many how many of us constantly smoke in that ideal Mm -hmm. environment here's something that doesn't come up every day too because like okay so you're from you're from chicago like you know Mm -hmm. we're months out of the year you don't smoke outside
1: yeah the mobile lounge
0: right so smoking inside and smoking outside those are two different experiences as well same cigar yeah
1: like even same. Oh
0: cigar.
1: yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. Yeah, very much so. So so it's gotta withstand, yeah. So going going back to that with with
0: Noxa, for example. So manufacturing mm-hmm. cigars when you're, you're, I mean, when you're testing it in all these different ways and everything. Do they, I mean they've been doing things for a long time, and do they
1: ever look at you sideways for it or? Like, well, uh, well, no, this is like stuff that I bring back with me, uh, or stuff I have sent to me and that's how I'll, uh, so I will smoke them in a perfect environment and then I will smoke them in different various modes of living, smoking while living, I guess is what I would call it in, in a way that a lot of people smoke their cigars. And also you, you have to, uh, try to smoke the cigar without retrohaling because most people don't retrohale or know how to retrohale properly. So is there enough, is there enough flavor there is, uh, there enough, whatever there to keep people engaged if they're not able to get or experience the full, uh, potential of the cigar. And these are just things that, you know, have changed over time. I mean, if you would have asked me this four years ago, I, would have, I wouldn't have said this. But this is just things that from observing, from being in so many shops, watching how people smoke, watching what people do, and understanding, uh, having a better understanding of that.
0: So here's a fun question. Mm-hmm. So I'll use the example of. So do you drink beer? Mm-mm. Okay. One of my I I don't drink as much as a beer as I used to, but like one of my favorite beer, like weird beer experiences that I just absolutely enjoy. Long hard day of either work or being outside or whatever, but you're just exhausting. What you do, you take a shower, and it's just like the best feeling in the world. Drinking a beer while taking a shower. We call it a shower beer, is like the fuck. It's 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 the shit, man. It's awesome. (laughs) So that being said, um, since you haven't experienced it. We'll move on from that, but what's the, what's a not, the question is what, what's the not ideal smoking situation that you love that you truly enjoy?
1: Uh, definitely smoking while driving.
0: I was hoping you're going to say that. Cause that's mine. Yeah. I, lo- I yeah, love smoking sure. and driving.
1: Yeah. It's like, man, I don't care what traffic is like. I don't care how long somewhere it takes me to get. I have the cigar and I'm just kind of like, all right. Well, I'll get there when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> i might suck for people waiting at I'll
0: never forget this uh the scenario. So before I worked at Michaels, I worked at a shop called Pops that unfortunately closed down this year. Um and I would travel from Fort Worth back to my home in Euless at the time. And mm-hmm. it, it was, at, you know, after a long shift. So it was the middle of the night and so like, you know, I a yeah. straight shot, you know, 20 20 minutes so long that it wasn't mm-hmm. a big deal. One night, um, I got stuck in traffic at, like, midnight. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. talking about standstill. I couldn't move. I couldn't exit. Construction? Like, it's been a while. I can't remember. But, yeah, something like that. But we Mm -hmm. just weren't moving. And I was like, what? So I was like, okay. So I was basking in the moment because I had my cigar. Well, I finished that cigar, and I I picked up another one, and I smoked through that one. I'm I'm kidding you not. Mm -hmm. And I haven't moved yeah yeah and i'm like oh crap i've only got one cigar left
1: mm-hmm. and that's when i started
0: freaking out i was like oh shit like that's when i started stressing yeah. like for the first for, for two cigars i hadn't moved i literally had not moved mm-hmm. and i was fine and then i looked down I as i was putting out that second cigar and about to light the third one i'm like oh shit i'm in trouble mm-hmm. luckily something happened and we started moving again and i I finished the third cigar as I was rolling to my driveway. So a drive that normally took 25 minutes took, uh, nearly three and a half hours. Like it was just crazy. And yeah, always gotta be
1: prepared, man. always be ready.
0: And no. And since then I I carry a lot more and people always make fun of me because of how many cigars I have. I'm like, no, trust me, man. One of these days, one of these days. Yeah, man. I got, I,
1: let me tell you, I was driving back from Michigan in the middle of the night in 2019 during that polar vortex it was freezing, hit a pothole, get a flat tire, literally could not feel your fingers. So I, you know, I was waiting for the tow truck or whatever, cause, and, uh, luckily I had cigars with me. If I didn't have cigars with me, what would I have done for two and a half hours? You know what I mean? Right. Always gotta be ready.
0: 100%. Yeah. So a couple of years so so a couple years ago you you released the Maduro and now yep. we're finding out you're going to be putting out an Ecuadorian Sumatra. So mm-hmm. you you went with you went with the uh, Connecticut which is a, obviously a very popular habano which mm-hmm. is and was and is a very very hot wrapper to use in terms of, so you you like you said you're building for sustainability there. Maduro, mm-hmm. the natural progression, like you said, you're going to events, you're doing events, and people are like, ah, oh, Maduro, yeah. Maduro, and I'm sure you yeah. pointed them to the Habano, but it probably just didn't yeah. yeah, correct. So now comes the time for this fourth core line, I'm, mm-hmm. but, and I'm assuming the Ecuadorian Sumatra is going to be a core line? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So what was it about Sumatra and not the other dozens of choices that you had that were like, this is the, this is the next step of patina? And get you, right,
1: so strength of the factory, what's readily available, what can I get on a consistent basis, uh, what can I get high quality of at a consistent, on a consistent basis, uh, and not only that, but I feel like when you're talking about different wrappers, Sumatra has its, its own standalone place, um, and there were certain benchmark Sumatras that I use of like, can it compete with XYZ? Right. That's how I looked at it. Right? Can this cigar compete with X, Y, Z? Can it? Um, and so, I felt like we had a good blend. Um, that, with the right wrapper, became a fantastic blend, which was the oscuro version of the Sumatra. Um, with that darker wrapper, it just man, I don't know how to explain it. it just came together really well, and so. Um, so, so I have you I'm excited. Had-
0: I obviously haven't smoked it mm-hmm. is as you were blending it, especially going with the Oscuro option was, is there, mm-hmm. was there, is there concern that it may cannibalize your Maduro and your already subtle footprint or, or is it just no, so I, different that you're, I you're really no, it?
1: I don't think so, man. I, I think it'll, I think it'll grab a new, uh, I think it'll grab people maybe that don't already smoke Fatina.
0: Okay. Well, I'm exci- yeah. I mean, I'm excited for, it. I love, I love Sumatra and when you do something different with it, like an Oscuro or, or something like that, a little darker varietal of it, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've tended to, I've tend to like, so. Yeah, um, man, I'm excited.
1: Yeah,
0: and, it's, and uh... Clearly, whatever it is, your your blending style and your, your palette kind of matches up with mine for the most part, because I've enjoyed, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed your cigars and we, and we've talked about other cigars too. And we, we tend to, we tend to line up yeah. a bit. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, for sure. But, and and I, and I, again, another opportunity, I don't don't want you to, I'm, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth here, but it sounds like, Mm -hmm. you know, while building this team where you're, like you said, you're, you've said several times, you're playing off of these strengths too. It's not, well, it is emotional because this is your brand, this is your baby, and these are your Mm -hmm. blends and it is your palette. Right. You're also being incredibly pragmatic and business minded when it comes to these decisions, because you you cause you have to be. I mean, there's sure there could be yeah. people that don't, and then you end up not having product when you need it. So that's that's a yeah. kind of downer. But yeah.
1: Have yeah, you, man, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean listen, so uh the, the anniversary cigar is gonna be a Connecticut Broadly, for example. Right. Um why don't I make uh, a regular production, Broadleaf, let's just say?
0: Because you haven't been able to get it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, because I, I'll because I don't, it for you. right. But well, we can't, no, I can't. But what's the cost of it? What am I going to have to charge for the cigar to make it worth it? And also, what are, the, what are the potential pitfalls as we move forward, right? And to me, it was like, all right, man, let's use this for a limited, okay? And I felt comfortable with that. But um, you have to, man, it's like, this is, this is an art in a lot of ways. And it is kind of like, um, you know, coming up with these recipes to create uh, something. But you're, it's hard to, it's hard to come up with something and, and not be able to replicate it if it takes off. Like, you want to be able to replicate it as much as possible as close as possible. So yeah, that's why I like to tend, or I tend to try to play to the strengths. You just, it just makes sense.
0: So this is actually pretty much one of my final questions of, Mm -hmm. before we go into what I call our fun segments, Um, but was about pricing. Now, Mm -hmm. there Uh, are a lot of boutique, a lot of boutique brands on the market that, mm-hmm. and again, this is like we said a lot tonight, this isn't a knock. It's just a reality of it mm-hmm. that that's have to charge a higher price point. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's not, they're not in like yourself. They're not in a vertically integrated atmosphere. They don't control everything. And when you don't control mm-hmm. everything, prices can tend to get out of hand because you're buying it. Right. Second fiddle essentially. Correct. Um yeah. You've been able to keep prices incredibly reasonable. Um, I didn't raise prices this year, right? Yeah. So, so this is this is twofold. This is a twofold question. Mm-hmm. I think they're both. I think they're both worthwhile. One, how, simply put, how did you accomplish this? And two, do you think it hurts you? Because I have heard from retailers firsthand, and I'm sure you have too. Mo, the last thing I need is another nine dollar cigar.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, I I thought it would be better received, to be honest with you. I thought people would would reward it a little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. That necessarily hasn't been the case, but that's okay. Um, I do it for people. Uh, The the reality is, how do I do it? I just make less money. Um, My costs have gone up. Uh, I make less money per cigar. But I didn't feel, if I was being realistic with myself, which I always try to be, um that the brand wasn't in a place to necessarily even if it was a small increase uh to weather i mean it could weather it but it wasn't worth it man and it was just like you know what let me stick it out let me whatever and um and see if it helps right so well it's picking your your spots too because at some point it's oh yeah, if things continue like yeah, if things continue like this, I have I have absolutely no choice. But or you're, of, uh, or you're out of business. I mean, you're like you're right. you're, or I'm you're, out of, yeah. you're you're well, you're basically a charity at that point. Right. So mm-hmm. and yeah, so I got a uh, but no, at, you know, I felt like I could weather it this year, and that's what I'm trying to do, man. And uh, I think people have had enough of their costs increased on a lot of different things, and maybe uh, you know, Katina is a one of them. So, no, I think it's I think it's
0: fantastic. I, I mean I per, as a as a consumer I appreciate it, and I've I I, I get that logic. But I've never owned a retail shop, so I I, I mm-hmm. don't have that perspective. Mm-hmm. And but I do understand. I've worked retail, so I understand the the limited availability of re, like like real estate. There's there's only so much space I have. Yeah. If I want to get the I want to get the most return out of my investment. And if I have if I have fifty nine dollar SKUs, and here comes my fifty first, and it's patina, yeah, patina, sir. And we've talked about this earlier tonight. Does patina separate itself enough to make it worthwhile for me to invest? But from a consumer perspective, I freaking love it because I'm just like I can always get patina, and I I know I'm not I'm not mortgaging the farm to to, mm-hmm. to, to buy it, and. And I know what I'm going to get
1: each time too. Which Yeah, is but ultimate, ultimately, bro, that's on me and, and the <laughs> brokers and whatever to, to stress that value proposition. Not even, it's not just about price. It's about how does it fit in your humidor? What role does it play? Forget price, okay? When, if, if you look at Byron Lounge here, for example, and this is where I'm at right now, Byron Lounge in Schomburg, Illinois. Byron's are fantastic cigars. There are plenty of people in this world, unfortunately, that cannot afford $30 cigars or $35 cigars. So like, for example, these guys, okay, I don't, you know, I can't really afford a buyer. Try a Patina Habano because now you have a role in the humidor. That's your niche, let's just say. Right. So the question is not price-wise, how do I fit in a humidor? What's my role in your humidor? Like if I'm building a team, Where does patina fall? You could recommend patina to anybody, period. Somebody that's been smoking 20 years, somebody that's been smoking two months. And there's going to be an appreciation for what the cigar is, in my opinion. Um, And that versatility is an asset in and of itself. And I think if if I'm managing a humidor, which I have, that's what I'm looking at. What kind of versatility does this offer my team, which is my humidor, my humidor is my team. What kind of versatility does this offer my team in serving the customers that come through the door? For sure. You know. Absolutely.
0: Now, this is the last point that
1: I'll make. This isn't really a question. This is just a- uh, Yeah, and I actually, I have to get out of here pretty soon. They're closing, so. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, yeah, so I apologize. Well, how, much, how much time do you got left? probably like five, 10 minutes. Oh, goodness so gracious. Apologize. Oh, yeah. goodness yeah. gracious.
0: Okay. Uh, man, I should have covered this beforehand. So, well, let's go. Let's get on it. Um, check out Patina Cigars, guys. But here's my point is that, you know, everyone that I've ever talked to that knows Mo, um is a, uh, has nothing but fantastic things to say, but I'm not saying this because he's here. We talked about this actually before the show, that anytime this, his name comes up in conversation, doesn't matter the context, it's it's overwhelmingly positive. So if, if you haven't tried cigars, get your local brick and mortar to carry them because it's it's uh, we've covered a lot of the great stuff tonight. So let's move Thank into you, some bro. of our, our fun segments here. We'll kind of do a little bit of a uh, uh, firing line here. So uh, let's All do right. our One Must Go segment, which is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring Lagiana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolera, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabe and Byron Lines. Smoke one today and start living united. So, uh, Mo, um, you are a Chicago White Sox fan. Mm-hmm. So, um, I put together a little One Must Go. So, the idea here, you haven't taken part in this. I give you three options. Yeah. You got to pick one of them. So, this okay. is what I came up with. I'm going to go ahead mm-hmm. and share my screen here. and uh, And we're going to go ahead and do yeah. a little bit of a slideshow here. So, we're going to do this. And so... We're talking about different eras of the Chicago White Sox mm-hmm. uniforms, okay? So, um, we've got the 1940 the the presentation is yeah. not doing. We got the 1940s which was Luke Appling style, mm-hmm. red letters, they dabbled mm-hmm. with blue. Mm-hmm. Very very all-American kind of stuff. We've I know this is a black and white photo but it was truly a black and white uniform the 19 teens 20s the the black Sox era.
1: Uh, yeah, Shoeless Joe,
0: Shoeless Joe, yep. And
1: then Pudge, uh, baby.
0: And then uh, Carlton Pudge fist Tom Seaver in that yeah. photograph, the, the yeah. socks across the chest.
1: Yes, stir-ups. I have that jersey.
0: So I love that jersey. So, yeah. So one's got to go, Mo. What is it? Which Oh, one is it? the 1940s. The 1940s.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because you know the one that Shoeless Joe's wearing made its resurrection in the Field of Dreams game last summer with the Yankees. Which was an unbelievable event to watch. Um, if anybody's a baseball fan, you could probably find that game. Uh, you know, where the White Sox played the Yankees in Iowa. That was just awesome. And they wore jerseys similar to that. So
0: awesome. So that one's good that one's got I, I I had the same thought just because I mm-hmm. think when I think of the White Sox, I do think of that era with Shoeless mm-hmm. Show. Field of Dreams is my favorite movie of all mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah. and and you can't and the the 80s Pudge that was that was the white Sox i knew like it wasn't yeah, until right. later until the, the more mo- the more modern yeah. look that we have really kind of came mm-hmm. into it so correct um yeah. so that was our one must go segment brought to you by united cigars featuring Lagiana Ivana's distributors of jose dominguez vanderille garofalo and the highly acclaimed Atabe and byron lines smoke one today and start living United. And you can visit lounges like the one that uh, Mo is closing down tonight. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. Great movie- cigars.
0: So our, our next segment is brought to you by asylum cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of the life's greatest reflections can be found in your own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for asylum cigars. So light one, light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Now, We talked about smoking experiences in non-ideal places, Mo, but Uh what this segment is about is, you know, cigars are a community. They're they're typically and mostly enjoyed by people who are around other people, lounges, or just having a cigar with a buddy or something like that. It's about people as much as it is Mm -hmm. about the cigar. But every so often we get that one moment when we're by ourselves Mm -hmm. and it's that single moment. And there's probably been dozens in your smoking career But what's Mm -hmm. a moment that comes to mind that you were like, man, this place right now, this cigar. So what was the cigar you were smoking? And where were you when you had that moment of solitude and grace with a cigar? What was it?
1: No, man, probably right after my dad passed away. Yeah, that'd be the most uh, not I wouldn't call it enjoyable, but it was obviously not enjoyable, but it was like. Just a moment of clarity, uh, and a lot of reflection. I think that probably. be
0: it. Okay. Really sorry to hear that. This this and this happened yeah.
1: relatively, at least recently as well. Correct? December, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I know we we talked a little bit off uh, off camera about it. I mean, you know, my my dad is also very ill as well, and then mm-hmm. suffering from the same thing that uh, your dad did. So I'm. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your loss. And no, man. Thank you. Um, but in his, in his, in his honor, in his memory, uh, we are featuring, uh, a charity tonight. Now we, we want to talk a little bit about charity. Um, we've talked about keep memory alive on the show before with Matt Booth, uh, who also Mm -hmm. has a parent going through a similar situation. And, um, there are great organizations that deal with dementia and Alzheimer's and Mm -hmm. encourage you to all check them out. But, uh, but you wanted to talk a little bit about charity in itself, Mo, when we talked about this. And when you, when I first brought you with the subject, what was it the thought about giving back that really kind of, that really kind of struck you? Man, I think,
1: listen, there is, um, the reason I didn't want to pick a specific charity is because everybody needs to find their niche of what they want to give back to. But I, I, I truly believe that especially in today's world, we have this unhealthy sense of self empowerment, meaning we oftentimes attribute our successes or whatever to ourselves more than like maybe we should, because there's, there's a lot of people that work hard that don't attain the success of certain people, right? So there is this, um, in my opinion, again, without getting too But there is a blessing from somewhere that is giving you this bounty of of whatever you have. And uh, those things, in my opinion, um, if if you are blessed and to have the needs that you have an obligation to give back to people that are less fortunate than you or don't have the same opportunities as you or maybe uh, ill or in uh, circumstances that are less than ideal. Um, three of the th- things that really like drive me, for example, are children, um, orphans, and you know, obviously Alzheimer's, dementia because of the way it's touched my family. But um, those are kind of things that are dear to me, for example. Uh, but everybody has their thing. And it could be diabetes, uh, it could be, uh, your religious institution, it could be uh, whatever, it could be your own, your hometown, if they have a project, for example, so, but I think it's important to recognize that whatever you have could go away, and like, it doesn't, if it goes away tomorrow, you're not stupider than you were today, it's just, you're tested in different ways, and if you are blessed enough to have, you should help people that don't, and that's just kind of how I, I think of it
0: No, indeed. I I go back to this phrase that I learned quite a while ago. It was if you're, and you basically said it without saying it, which is if you're going to be blessed, be a blessing. Mm -hmm. For sure. And for for you to find your own stuff. And that's the whole point of this segment too, is I've I've been doing this for over a year and a half now. My guests have brought some really interesting issues Mm -hmm. and some great charities to the forefront that many people probably haven't thought about. And yeah, I think you give our audience a little bit to reflect on as we, we think about our giving for 2022, you know, to, to, to find that thing that really speaks to them, which is for sure, partially the, the point of the segment. So, um, and uh, I do appreciate you kind of speaking those words and, and kind of encouraging folks to, to give uh, like you clearly have across a lot of different arenas and opportunities. So.
1: If I have wrote, other people are going to like and you know really charity also starts with your family your family should be your main focus to make sure that they are provided for that they are taken care of if you have a family member whatever that is struggling especially through the pandemic we saw a shift and you know we we have this um unfortunately we are seeing this divide get wider between people that have and people that don't it is not a sign of weakness to struggle. Uh, people are, like I said, are tested in different ways. To take care of your family um, and those around you, first and foremost. I'm a big believer in that. And if they are okay and they are situated, then start to look outside at some of the causes that speak to you, man, for sure. That's just kind of how I look at it.
0: So. Come, kind of combining two segments tonight, you know, finding your, finding your refuge in what makes, you know, what makes most for your heart and, yep. and, you know, along the way, enjoy a cigar for yourself. So. Oh yeah. Well, absolutely. Um, so last two questions, Mo, and then we'll, we'll call yes, next. I you got to go. So uh, real quickly, uh, PCA this year, are you, will you be attending as part of the, the Sutliff? Yeah. Uh,
1: Yes. conglomerates I'll mm-hmm. be in the booth yeah fantastic well good to, good, mm-hmm. good
0: to uh, see you there again and everything and uh, yes, sir. when you talk to them next tell them thank you for the cigars once again yeah man, uh, for sure and uh, so the last uh, the last question of the night is of course our curveball segment which is always brought to you by <laughs> Dun Dunbarton Barton tobacco and trust fastballs or curveballs it doesn't matter since the company's inception Steve sock has been knocking them out of the park seven count it seven consecutive years in the consensus top three. A hearty congratulations to our good friend, Steve Saka, on the accomplishment while he snickers to himself. Um, (laughs) So, all right. I'm going to give back to the theme of three things. I'm going to give you three things, three accomplishments or Mm -hmm. three pretty awesome things. You got to pick one. Which one are you picking and why? Here we go. All right. You can win the lottery once in your lifetime. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about $10,000. I'm talking about mm-hmm. 300 million Powerball. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. getting the number one cigar in Cigar Aficionado twice in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Or the Chicago White Sox winning three World Series in a row. Which
1: one you picking? <sighs> not, not the lottery. Uh, that, that has a way it seems like of corrupting people. So I don't want that, uh, that doesn't ever seem to stick. Um, that the last two are tough, man, because the bottom line is the White Sox winning is great, but at the end of the day, whether those guys win or lose are still millionaires and they go home and they have their lives. So I'm gonna have to say number two. I think that would be life-changing for me. And it would be something I earned uh, versus something that was, you know, whatever. And also I don't gamble, so I couldn't possibly win the lottery. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough, (laughs)
0: fair point. No, I, I, I had a feeling that you would shrug off the lotto win. I don't know why. Uh, I didn't have like mm-hmm. the reasoning that you had and that you gave, but I, I, for some reason I felt like you would shrug it off, but uh, Man, you I,
1: see those stories all the time. Easy come, easy go, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, as we, we, as we close out tonight's take, I really do appreciate your time. Mo. I know you got to run, tell your friends there at the Byron lounge, uh, just how much we really appreciate their time this evening as well, I will. giving you some, uh, Hopefully some, hopefully, some free rent on the space. Hopefully. Oh, know. yeah, for sure. Uh, Come on, these guys,
1: these guys are like family. Yep. Absolutely.
0: And uh, that's what lounges are for people. So, as you uh, checked out your brick and mortars this week, uh, look around for some patina cigars. And if you don't see it, I encourage you to find some uh, and smoke some of Mo's uh, great selections. Be on the lookout for the latest uh, core line, the Ecuadorian Sumatran Oscuro, that will be hitting your retail shelves soon. Mm-hmm. and uh and also that fifth anniversary cigar that may end up being a sixth anniversary we haven't decided yeah. what. <laughs> um let's hope not seven yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for everyone out there we really do appreciate all your likes shares and comments check out our youtube channel as always you can hit the subscribe button He check out our facebook page hit that like button it'll tell you about a calendar of upcoming events and upcoming guests we've got some great ones on the horizon we've got tony bellotto coming back Uh, We've got uh, Bradley uh, Rubin coming back. We've got some great folks that will be coming in the next few weeks. You definitely don't want to miss a a beat because we have some great takes on the horizon. So definitely check it out. We've also, uh, if you're listening to us later, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you hit the download, subscribe, and review button. If you are a subscriber, do me a favor. Hit unsubscribe, but hit resubscribe because that really helps my numbers and helps me get (laughs) great guests like mode, uh, to come and grace our presence. So thank you so much to all our audience for hanging with us tonight. Uh, Mo thanks for the thank rapid fire here at the last few minutes, but I enjoyed our no, conversation. Thank you guys. So everyone out thank there, you thank guys. you so much. Uh, this was our 208th take live mm-hmm. from the Alec Bradley Lone Star studio of Azle, Texas. I'm Barry Duplessis. He's Mo Molly. Guess what? Everybody. We'll see you next time.